Well, good morning, everyone. Glad that you're here. Thanks for being here on our kickoff uh, Sunday. What you'll uh, see here behind me, there's a picture. This is a, a little town, a village in called Reculver, England. Reculver is about an hour and a half outside of London in the county of Kent. And uh, this is what's left of a church that was once there. Uh, the church had um, been there for quite a while, but in 1809, the, uh, the minister or the congregation decided to blow it up by dynamite in 1809. That was right. They decided to blow the whole church up by dynamite on 1809. And uh, part of the reason for that is because things had just began to erode around the church. It was right on the coast, and so things began to erode. It began to push things back. And what was left were these twin towers of the church, some Roman walls. There was a, it began to erode. There was a little cottage that was there. And there's a graveyard that was there as well. And that began to erode also. And so the, the minister, the vicar, the minister at the time decided that the best thing to do because of the erosion was to call an emergency congregational meeting. And he pretty well kind of convinced the congregation that because of the erosion, the best thing to do was to move to safer ground, move to a safer area of the community. And the church was eventually blown up by dynamite in 1809. However, it came out afterward that erosion was part of the problem, but it wasn't the only reason why they decided to move to safer ground. Because uh, supposedly the, the ministers, the vicar's mother, hated the community. <laughs> she just hated the area, hated the people in that area. And so another reason to move to safer ground is because they simply didn't love the people in the community. And I, I began to think about that, and there's kind of a lot of parallels to there, isn't there? I mean, one of the reasons why we de may decide to move is because things are eroding around us. Have you noticed that? I mean, not, well, the building a little bit physically, but uh, just around in our community. Now, obviously, the church is more than a building, but you're in a community, and you look around, and it doesn't take a lot to discover that things are eroding. Right? Our value systems are eroding. We don't live in a, a Christian culture. And so it's kind of easy to look around and say, wow, you know, we don't like the, the people here. We don't like this area. And so it's just be a lot better if we decided to move to safer ground. Some churches do that, don't they? Yeah. The other thing that seems to be kind of a real fundamental thing for us that we can draw from that lesson is that in order to do well at church, in order to fulfill your calling, you can't hate the community. In fact, you really have to embrace the community. And even though the values may be eroding and things like people not into God, they may be spiritual, but they're not into church, that there has to be a real sense you embrace, you love the community, yet you're actually willing to, to bless the community. And so I think that's one of the key things for a church to really be a church that is involved in doing what God calls them to do. They have to be willing not to retreat to safer ground because that's easy to do and tempting, but to actually embrace and to love and to be willing to bless the community. And so that's what our desire is to do here at the Life Center. I mean, our actual vision, we have a vision here, if you're new. We have a vision, it's on the website. But our vision is this, and maybe you could just uh, say it with me, please. Empowered by the Holy Spirit 
TLC aspires to be a multicultural, diverse church family where all people are welcomed and invited to be transformed into Christ's followers by the good news of Jesus Christ. Our aim is that the gifts and abilities God has given us will celebrate the nations as we further God's kingdom in Abbotsford and beyond. So kind of right in our vision, which we as a church, you know, worked through a couple of years ago, is right in our vision as to what? <laughs> we want to not to retreat to safer ground, but we actually want to bless our neighborhood. And so what we're going to do over the next uh, few Sundays, we're going to do a little bit of a mini-series starting today, and the mini-series is called Bless the Neighborhood. So I'm going to speak today, obviously, Ken Esau is going to be speaking next week, and we really want to look at what does it mean, what does it actually mean to actually not retreat to safer ground, because it's easy to do that, but to actually love, embrace our community, and be willing to bless it, what actually is involved with that. So today, we're going to go right back to the beginning, to the book of Genesis. So if you can open up your Bibles, please, to uh, Genesis chapter 12. Or turn your Bibles on electronically, if that's how you do it. But uh, somehow, if you have the scriptures in front of you, uh, Genesis chapter 12, or look on with a friend. Maybe you need to kind of move a little closer so your neighbor can share with you. Genesis uh, chapter 12, we're going to start there. And looking at this whole aspect about kind of uh, what does this whole blessing mean? So in Genesis chapter 12, uh, I have up there verses 1 through 3, but uh, a bit of context here. Genesis chapter 12 is after Genesis 11, right? So in Genesis 11, at the very end, we're introduced to Abram's family. And in verse 31 of chapter 11, so just Genesis 11, verse 31, it says this, Terah, which is Abram's dad, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, and wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur, the Chaldeans, to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. And now Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And that land's going to be what? Canaan. That's right, because it says that later on. And then in verse 2, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so eventually they pick up and leave the end of verse 4. It says, uh, sorry, end of verse 5. Well, let me just read verse 5. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So it can give a little bit of a map here that gives you a bit of context. So they were originally down here in Ur of the Chaldeans, and they go up to Haran, where Genesis 12 is, and eventually they're going to go where? They're going to go into down to Canaan, which is we may know as, as the promised land. But right now they're in Haran, right? And so there's a word here. And I emphasize that. What is the word that is used repeated several times, I think five times, in these first three verses of Genesis 12? 
blessed. Do you see that? It says uh, in, in verse 2, I will bless you. In event, end of verse 2, you'll be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. And the end of verse 3, will be blessed through you. So this is a, it's a wonderful word, uh, bless. In fact, I would say in some ways that the whole story of the Bible is around this word bless. You know, really, if you want to understand the story of the Bible, you have to understand this concept of a blessing. So if you don't get Genesis 12, in some ways you won't get the story of the Bible. That's how important Genesis 12 is. And this word bless is really key. The only problem with the word bless, let's be honest, it just sounds like one of these religious words, right? Now, you don't seem to, oh, this one, Orlando's on the edge of his seat. But most of you are not looking really excited because, as I say today, we're going to talk about the word bless like it doesn't really doesn't pump you up because it just sounds like I'm, you say it's, i'm sure it's a good word i use it all the time but uh it just sounds kind of religious this word but it's a great word this word bless it really is it has significant meanings the only problem is that we use it in all different sorts of ways like for instance perhaps when you got up this morning you might have prayed a prayer lord please please bless me today and then when you had your, uh, your breakfast, you might have prayed a blessing over the food. Lord, please bless this food that we are about to receive. And then when you came to church here today, you might have, which we appreciate, I'd appreciate, you might have said, you know, please bless Crystal, the worship team. And please bless, bless, that's a mouthful, bless Brian, Pastor Brian as he gets up to preach. So we're grateful for that, thankful for that. If someone sneezes right now, you might say what? God bless you. That's right. And if someone does something really nice for you today, you might say, thank you. You were or that was a real blessing to me. Right. But then you go home today and you discover your cat is, has clawed the furniture and you come and say that blessed cat, you know. So we, we use the word bless, bless in a lot of different sorts of ways. And we're not really sure about kind of the meaning of it. But it has a great meaning, and it really is important to understand the whole storyline of the Bible. So when you come to the Old Testament, when Genesis, when it uses the word bless here, the the main Hebrew word for bless is the word Barak. Not Barack Obama, but Barak, right? When you say that, you'll feel glad you did. Barak, kind of, you know, kind of... Don't spit on your neighbor, but Barak sort of thing, right? And the whole idea of this word is bless, kneel, did someone sneeze? God bless you. Bless, kneel, praise, favor, shalom. So it's used to describe God blesses humans and humans in turn bless God. So it says when we bless God, we are, we are kind of, you get this idea, we're kneeling before him. We even sang, you know, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord. So there's that sense of kneeling before God to expressing our praise, our, our worship, our our gratitude towards God. Um, but when God blesses us, we experience his shalom. And, you know, sometimes the word shalom is translated, well, it's often translated, what, how in the Bible? Peace, right? So, I mean, it's good, but it means much more than peace because we often think peace is the absence of what? Of conflict. But it's more than that. Biblical shalom is a sense of, it's sort of all-encompassing. It's sort of like, you know... A sense of wholeness in your life. It continue, it, it constitutes everything. So that's why people would say, say shalom to greet someone. Hello, Doug, shalom. But if also when you're going, I would say shalom. Hello, goodbye. 
Sounds like a Beatles song. Hello, goodbye. But there's a sense that it encompasses all of life from the beginning to the end. So there's shalom. So when God blesses us, try to, try to get your head around this. It's the sense that God, there's a sense of wholeness. There's a sense of completeness. There's a sense of well-being. Because you are ultimately in a right relationship with God. So that almost is, you know, that's a little amen you could have on that one. Yeah. Okay. So because God blesses you, and if you're in Jesus, you have been what? Blessed, right? So there's a sense of shalom, well-being. Yeah, all these things, you found favor with God. But when you come to the New Testament, the primary word that's used there is the word makaria. So say that with me, please. Makaria. What was the Old Testament word? Barak. What's the New Testament word? Makaria. And in the New Testament, makarios means blessed. It sometimes can be translated happy. It means fortunate. One theologian says, you lucky bums. Uh, it means right on. And it means congratulations. Uh, so it means all those things. So if you have found favor with God, so when Jesus talks about, you know, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the more, in that sense, you have found favor with God. So right on, because you found favor with God. You lucky bums because you have found favor with God. Fortunate. Congratulations. You are happy in that sense. Not superficial happiness because of your circumstances, right? Everything's great and you're happy. And everything's not great, you're not happy. But it's a happiness that is kind of self-contained happiness. You have everything you need in Jesus. This is almost a double amen. And because of that, you because you have Everything you need in Jesus, you are blessed, fortunate, congratulations. So in classical Greek, there was a, the island of Cyprus was described as the Makarios Island. You get that? It was described as the Makarios Island. Why? Because they believed everything you needed for life was self-contained on that island. It had a beautiful year-round climate. It had natural minerals. It had fruits and flowers. It had all these things. So people didn't have to leave the island because their happiness, Macarius, was self-contained to that island. See where this is going? So in Jesus, your happiness is self-contained. It shouldn't depend on your circumstances, whether things are good or bad. That's why we can, we can rejoice in our sufferings even. But because we have everything we need in Jesus, our happiness is self-contained. You experience the shalom of God. And therefore, you are described as being blessed. That's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Are you there with me? That's, that's pretty good, right? So if that's the case, if you know God through faith in Christ, congratulations. Right on. You lucky bum. <laughs> Because you have, you're blessed, you're approved, you experience the shalom of God. What could be any better? So, as you see, it's a major theme in, in the Bible. So, in here, in Genesis chapter 12, which is really, it is a key chapter in understanding the storyline of the Bible. Uh, God describes Abraham, who eventually we know him as Abraham. He is blessed by God. 
And so I want to talk a little bit first of all about being blessed by God. And to understand what it means to be blessed by God, that we really need to understand it really is the storyline of the Bible. And to understand the story of the Bible, we need to go back to the beginning of the story. That's right. So why don't you do that? Just go back, keep your marker in Genesis 12. But we're going to have some fun with this because this is, I, I learned a lot and it's great. So Genesis chapter 1 is the beginning of the story of the Bible. And it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. And then God said. So at the beginning, what? There's sort of darkness and chaos. There's darkness and disorder. And what does God do in his power? He takes the darkness and disorder, and he brings order and beauty out of the disorder. And all of a sudden, God creates everything. And everything he creates. And his crowning jewel is he eventually creates human beings. And then it says this in Genesis, uh, Genesis uh, 1.22. Um, and let's just go down to verse uh, 27. Genesis 1.27. Okay? You there? So God created mankind in his, uh, his, his own image. He created humans, or the Hebrew word Adam. Right? He created humans in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them and listen verse 28 god what there's our word god blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground so god took you know there was disorder and darkness and in god's power he he brought order and beauty and then he created human beings and what does it say god blessed human beings and told them to be fruitful and multiply so god's blessed human beings so this whole thing god barak god god um offered his shalom his sense of wholeness completeness to human beings to follow him and so what god is actually doing which is incredible God is actually saying, I've created a beautiful world, and I want to bless you, first humans, and I want you, you now have the power to rule and authority to even see this world become even more beautiful and for it to flourish. So human beings had a choice at the very beginning. They had a choice whether they were going to follow God in submission and as his leader, king, and live in dependency of him, or they're going to rebel. Because right away, God gave them a choice. He said, you can eat any tree. You know a bit of this story, don't you? You can eat anything in the garden except what? The tree of good and evil. If you eat that, you will die. And so they had a choice right away. I mean, we were going to choose to live in dependency upon God or we were going to re- rebel against God. Now, hopefully this is not a big spoiler alert for you, but guess what happened? <laughs> they rebelled against God. They rebelled. And everything because of that, they disobeyed God. Everything began to spiral out of control. Downward, downward, downward. Even to this very day, there's a sense of brokenness and and all this thing, chaos. And it would have been nice that what happened in Genesis 3 stayed in Genesis 3, right? So what happened that people rebelled against God in this virus of sin, it wouldn't spill over, you know? But, you know, you know, in Las Vegas, you know, been to Las Vegas and, you know, the saying, what happens in Vegas 
stays in Vegas, right? Well, that's not the case usually. But it would have been nice that was true in Genesis 3. What happened in Genesis 3 stays in Genesis 3, but it didn't. The rebellion spills out into, and it just spirals downward. And I mean, you look at the world today. You know that. So you turn the pages. This is a big storyline. In Genesis 4, Cain and Abel, one brother murders another. And then you have Noah, and people rebel. So God has to send a flood to wipe out the earth. And then you come to Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, and people are like, hey, like, let's, let's do our own thing. We're going to build a tower to reach up to God and make a name for ourselves. Man, we don't want to live in dependency upon God. And it just spirals out of control, out of control. It would have been nice if it stayed in Genesis 3, but it didn't. This whole virus of sin spills over. And so we come to Genesis 12, right? And in Genesis 12, so what is God going to do? You know, just say, God created human beings to bless them. I mean, God is into blessing. But we chose to rebel against God and it just spiraled. So God, I mean, I guess he could have given up. I, I guess he could have. I don't know if that was possible. He could have said, you know, nuts, I'm going to move on. But he doesn't. He decides he wants to bless people. And so we come to Genesis 12 and we come to to Abraham's story. And we're back to where we started. So God says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. See, God doesn't give up on us. God doesn't give up on you. He doesn't. And he says, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, and I'll make you into a great nation. And you will be a blessing, and I will bless you. I will shalom you. I will show favor to you. And those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. God's going to protect him. And all the people on the earth we bless through you. So from Abraham comes out of this what? This is why this is the great story of the Bible. It comes out of the one nation. And the nation is called Israel and God was going to work through them. But if you read the story of Genesis, well, the whole story, you mean, can you say dysfunctional family? I mean, it just went from bad to bad to bad. And so it was still this problem. And so when we come to the New Testament, there's a, there's a key figure in the New Testament. His name is who? Jesus. Jesus that's right. Jesus of Nazareth comes on the scene. And this person is fully man, but also fully God. And we read in the New Testament that Jesus is the fulfillment of this promise in Genesis chapter 12. So when you read in Galatians chapter 3, this verse here. Scripture, Galatians 3 verse 8 in the New Testament. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, not just the Jews. And announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So God's promise was not a blessing. was not just for the Jewish people, the nation of Israel. But for all people. Every single person. And then in the next, in Genesis, sorry, Galatians 3 verse 16. This is where Jesus is a fulfillment of this. The promises were spoken to Abraham. The, what promise? From Genesis 12, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. 
Scripture does not say antecedes, plural, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. You see that? So the promise that God's into, God's really into blessing. He just, he loves blessing. And it was originally through, well, Adam and Eve, but, you know, they rebelled against God. Then God chose to do it through Abraham and the people of Israel. But, you know, the, the sin thing kept going. And ultimately this promise of blessing the world and you is fulfilled in this person we love called Jesus of Nazareth. That's another time for an amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have a choice to make. We all have a choice, right? Adam and Eve had a choice. Abraham had a choice. So you have a choice. Are you going to choose to follow this person, Jesus of Nazareth? You can choose not to, to live in rebellion against God. You think, well, I'm not living in rebellion against God. Well, Living apart from God is living, doing your own thing. Or you can choose to submit, maybe to kneel, to this king, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And if you do that, it's amazing because he actually comes, he does forgive your sins, which is good. And he does promise this gift of eternal life. But he promises to give you power, the power of the Holy Spirit to actually to live the life you were called to that you can never live by yourself. And that's the promise. It's the promise of the new heavens and the new earth. It's the promise of being part of his kingdom here on earth. And you can do that. You can make that choice. You can make that choice today if you haven't done that. But for many of you, you have. And so the great reality is that you have been blessed by God. So congratulations. If that's you, right on. You are fortunate, you lucky bum. (laughs) It's all true, blessed by God because of Jesus. So I think one of the things we should do is we should be happy people. Or may not happy, let me rephrase that. We should be grateful people, right? Yeah, be grateful. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid growing up, we sang this song. I won't sing it right now, but uh, we sang this song, Count Your Blessings. How many people remember that song? Yeah. Yeah. Had a bit of a weird tune to it. But anyways, but it was a... <laughs> da, 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 da. But anyways, there was a good message in there. Count your blessings. Name them one by one, right? Count your many blessings. See what God has done. So I would encourage you to do that. If you are in Christ, if you've been blessed by God, then do that. Each day this week, just count your blessings. Count your blessings of what God actually has done in your life. Because God in Christ, if you are in Christ and God has, you are blessed by God. So, okay, let's go to the barbecue, right? Well, no. Whoa, whoa. That's half the gospel. That's half the story. It is true you are blessed by God. But it's not, man, like, you know, you know, us four no more, right? It's not about, you know, heading to safer ground because all this erosion that's taken out out there. No, 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 no. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> A little nervous there, weren't you? <laughs> you know, it's true that, you know, uh, what, John three sixteen, right? For God 
So Lewis, some people say, for God still loved me, <laughs> that he gave me his only son. And it's true, you know, that, that you know, we, another kid's song, you know, Jesus, Jesus loves me. Remember that one? Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's true. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. <laughs> the Bible tells me so. Was true. But it is equally true that Jesus loves humanity. And he died for all, not just for me. And he set me free that I may go around the world to tell them so. Yes, Jesus loves them. Yes, Jesus loves them. Yes, Jesus loves them. My Bible tells me so. And so it's wonderfully true that God has blessed us. But that's only half of this, the gospel. Because hopefully you're still in Genesis 12. Notice what happens here. is In Genesis 12, God says to Abraham, I will, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be what? Uh, what? A blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people, all families, all nations, amen to that, on earth will be what? Blessed through what? You, very good. So it's true, we're, we're blessed by God. But if you remember anything from this message, remember this. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed. <laughs> that, that, not, that's it. You know, there's no period there. You're blessed to be a blessing. Say that with me, please. Blessed to be a blessing. So you, because you've experienced all this in God, in Jesus, you in turn extend this shalom to other people that you come in contact with. We were called as a church to bless our neighborhood. That's, that's our goal. That's our desire. That's our vision, right? So it's not just coming here to receive a blessing. It's good to, to me. It's good to do that. But it's also we leave, we go out to be a blessing to other people as well. And that is the story of the Bible. That's the gospel. Yeah. So you can see why it's a, it's a wonderful word, concept, phrase. This whole thing about bless. So you can just follow all the way through, right? At the end, we're going to do the, uh, the prayer in numbers. You know, may the Lord bless you and keep you. That's true. And Jesus picks up this theme in the New Testament, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed, blessed, blessed. One of the last verses in the Bible, Revelation 22, verse 14, is about, about blessing. So there's this huge theme in the Bible. of But we're blessed to be uh, a blessing. And that's why we exist as a church. To bless our neighborhood. To bless our world. We do that in the, uh, in the way we live our lives, you know. It's proclamation and it's, and it's, uh, and it's deeds. It's, it's, it's caring for the poor. It's being concerned about injustices. But it's also the proclamation of the good news of Jesus. You can't separate those, okay? 
the blessing has to go together. The whole thing about this love in action of doing the good things, but it's also it's the proclaiming of Jesus, right? You can't separate though. They have to go hand in hand. And so over the next uh, couple of weeks, we're going to look at this. The next week, Ken is going to be talking specifically about uh, bless the neighborhood and what that looks like. But I want just to just remind us and encourage us today that we are blessed. For what reason? For what reason? You are blessed. Why are you blessed, Gia? To be a blessing. That's right. You're blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed by God to experience all this in God through Jesus, but to extend a blessing as well. So, you know, I'm not saying that you like this, because you're not. But, you know, let's not be people where it's just all about me, you know. You know, but we are blessed by God to be a blessing. And we don't want to be a church. As we see things erode around us, you know, the values of society erode. We don't want to be a church that kind of, you know, hunkers in the bunker or put the drawbridge up or whatever image you want to use and to retreat to safer area. We don't want to be, we want to be people that love this community, love the people of this community, to embrace it, to be a, a blessing. And I think that's in so many ways that you folks are doing that already. I really do. You know, it's interesting. I was... I was listening to someone this week uh, as they were speaking on a similar passage. And they talked about, you know, it's kind of the old saying, if this church left the community, would anyone notice, you know? And so I was kind of wondering about that. You probably have heard that people said that here. If we actually left being here, would anyone notice? And actually, you know, this morning I was pondering that. I was thinking, hmm, you know, there's a variety store right here. I was, you know the one right here? Right here. So I was thinking, if they left the community, would people notice? And I thought, yeah. I would notice. <laughs> I would notice that. You know, I couldn't go there to get whatever, your pizza or your gum or whatever that. But if we left here, would people notice? So on, on Thursday, Thursday night, there were a few of us that handed out invitations for today for people to come in the neighborhood. You know, a party of me, as I'm thinking, doing this, you know, there's always, a, you know, there's the cynics, right? Always the cynics. What's the point of doing this? People go put it in the trash, blah, blah, blah. So those thoughts were kind of going through my head. And then I was wondering, you know, does anyone actually know we exist here as a in this community. So you know, a lot of times I just put it in people's mailboxes, but sometimes I actually had a chance to meet people. And one person they came up to, and they were like, oh, you know, you're the church, you're the church with the flags, right? I said, yeah, that's us. And then um, someone else said, oh, yeah, aren't you the church that has the community garden in the back? I thought, yeah, that's us. And then I came to another, it was a front lawn and there were these guys and they were drinking beers and I thought okay here we go right so I went up to them and gave the invitation and the, one of the guys said you know actually our kid sometimes goes to your spring connection and I left there thinking thank you God thank you I mean we'd love to see more we'd love to bless the community more but I thank God for what he is doing through you folks I think, you know, a lot of you, under, you get this. You're blessed, but you're blessed to be a blessing as well. So, as I mentioned, this week, I would encourage you, maybe just each day. Well, in fact, each day. Let's say each day. Until next time, just count your blessings. You know, maybe you don't like that phrase, but give thanks to God. For the thing. Let's not be grumblers, complainers, blah, 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 you know, that type of thing. You know, let's be a blessing. Let's thank God 
That's counter blessings. And the other thing, ask God to, that you would be a blessing to other people as well. Here's a little, uh, a little thing that might help you remember. I found it actually helpful. It's the, uh, it's the word, it's the word, uh, it's the word bless. And actually, I came across this and I found it helpful. So just begin with prayer. I mean, I, when I go to my running group on either Wednesday nights or Saturday morning, I always, I, I always do this. I always pray on the way there. Lord, help me be a blessing to these people. It's not about me, but help me be a blessing. Just do that. Pray, you know, Lord, help me be a blessing as I go to work this week. You know, yeah, there's gossip and all these things, but help me, Lord, be a blessing. Help me, Lord, to be a blessing to my family members. Just pray that. Lord, help me to be a blessing. And then L stands for listen. You know, a lot of us like to, a lot of people like to talk <laughs> and talk about themselves. Do something radical. Just listen to someone. Really, just listen. Just be quiet and just listen. They'll share everything. They'll share their stories. They'll share their joys. They'll share their pains. If you just take time to, to listen. And then uh, E stands for eat. I like eating. So it's always good as you listen to people. Hey, let's grab coffee. Or let's grab lunch. Or let's just, you know, invite them over for a meal. And, uh, and S stands for as you're, as you're praying that to be a blessing and as you're listening to people's stories and as you're hanging out with them, you'll have opportunities to serve people, to love them. You will. To be a blessing. And then finally, S stands for story, your, your story. Somewhere along the lines, pray that God will give you the opportunity to share the story of Jesus. That has, hopefully Jesus has blessed you and the radical, crazy difference he is making in your life. You know, today, uh, there's a lot of things uh, today. K. Wells said, well, is, national, is it really National Grandparent Day? Okay, I always think this day is the U.S. Open Finals. So I'm, this is a big day for, for me. Uh, I always And it's also the beginning of the NFL season, right? NFL season starts today. So I don't know if you're into NFL, into football, but you'll see today I'm, the Patriots-Steelers play at, I think it's 4 o'clock, is it? Is it? Is it? 5:30. Okay, so that's right. It's a Sunday night game, right? So you're going to see the you're going to see Tom, pretty boy Tom Brady there when they have their when the offense and defense when they gather together on the field. It's called what? A huddle. They huddle up, right? You know that they huddle up, right? And so you can see Tom Brady today with the offense. He's going to huddle up with these other big guys. And what do they do in the huddle? They call some play. I don't play the call, but they call a play, and then they say break, right? And then they go out there, right, to do the play. Could you imagine if Tom Tom Brady, they just, uh, they just huddled and just kept huddling, right? I'm, the, um, I know there's a rule, so you'd get penalized, but say they forgot that. You know, Tom's getting a message from Belichick, get out there and play, and they just huddle. You know, they're talking about the play all day, all day. Can you imagine? It, it, it wouldn't happen because, you know, I tell you, 65,000 people have not paid $200 a ticket to watch them huddle, Right? <laughs> And there's a defensive team <laughs> on the other side of the ball, and they're daring you to go public with the, with the play you called in private. They're just daring you to do that. And so the church, in a sense, you know, we gather and we huddle. And how many of you like to huddle? Really? Is that it? I like to, I like to huddle. I like coming here on Sundays and experiencing worship and meeting with God and seeing other people. I love to huddle. But eventually, we got to do what? One, two, three, break. <laughs> and it's time to, because there's a watching world out there. They may not even know they're watching. 
But there's a watching world that wants us to break and to be a blessing. Not just, oh, blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. That's good. You are blessed. But you're blessed to be a blessing. So we huddle. And it's good to huddle. But we break. And we pray that we, not just individual, but we would be a, a blessing to our neighborhood and to our world. Blessed to be a blessing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for for Jesus. I thank you for this great theme, storyline of the Bible, and that you did not give up on us. And you blessed the first Adam's human beings. And we thank you that uh, ultimately in Jesus that was fulfilled. I pray, Lord, that we would be thankful people. I would be a thankful person because I am blessed in you, through you, this experiencing your shalom. But I pray also it would not end there, but I would seek, we would seek, as part of your kingdom people, to be a blessing. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.